Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Blake Rafino. This is Are You Serious Sports. We hope that you're making it a good one. We know that we are as well. We got a big show in store for you tonight. Ed Orsron, make some comments. We will let you listen to some comments that Ed Orsron made about his defense, uh, what he expects from the defense moving forward into the spring, the LSU Pro Day. We will talk on that as well. We also will preview the LSU uh, Vandy series. So we got a lot that we got to get to in an hour. But as Stephen Miller says right here, LSU, NFLSU, what a hell of a day for some former Tigers. Or really, once you're a Tiger, you're all, or once a Tiger, always a Tiger. So what a hell of a day for guys like Jamar Chase, who, for the love of God, please everybody stop saying he's not wide receiver one in this damn draft. What did you think? He was just, <laughs> he just got bad all of a sudden? He just got Rudy Poo all of a sudden? That Jamar Chase didn't moss A.J. Terrell, the number one corner from the Atlanta Suck it, or Falcons, Falcons? Come on, bro. Come on, bro. But as always, too, we will do like we do on Wednesdays. We do the hashtag AskBlake. Zach Pearson's unable to join us. Uh, tonight, but he'll be joining us again soon. Steven Miller says, yo, and that, what it do, baby? It's like Christmas Eve. MLB, oh, Major League Baseball is tomorrow. Opening day is tomorrow. The Yankees are on prime time at lunch. The opening game, as it should be, because the Boston Red Sox absolutely suck. <laughs> Y'all know I got to throw that in there. Uh, Kenny says, I'm in the house, I'm in the Blake house, or I'm in the house, Blake, I think is what you're saying. Uh, Craig Schilling says, and we are live. Uh, Danny says, great segment on Bill today, uh, Bill's show today, Blake. Thanks, Danny. And Steven also says, and still the best music opener in the biz. I like it, man. It always gives me chills. It always gives me chills. Brian Vitor, what'd you just send up in there? Come on now. And yes, as always, you guys can send us some stars on Facebook Live. Yes, we are uh, on the way to monetization. We are on our way to building the podcast. So guys, every time you send stars through Facebook, we greatly appreciate that as you help us continue to build what we're doing. Uh, All the great LSU, SEC fans, NFL fans, we greatly appreciate you doing that. All the great Yankee fans, as I see uh, uh, Wesley Nettles just put in the comment. So, yes, we greatly appreciate if you send us some stars via Facebook. But, look, guys, we got a lot to get into. We got the hashtag AskBlake to get into. Um, 
So we'll we'll get into that. But before we get to all that, we want to thank our good partners over at Believe Podcast with our sponsors from eBay and Sunday Scaries and Bet Online, who is now a part of our team. Everything that you guys need, go buy it at eBay. If you want some CBD, some unicorn jerky, some CBD oils, Sunday Scaries will have that for you and Bet Online. Uh, I hate that we can't do that in Louisiana, Bet Online, but we greatly appreciate our partners over at Believe Podcast, and none better, and our really good friends, and our really good partners, and they helped two guys, two people today, went over to our good friends over at GM Varnado and Sons. GM Varnado and Sons has faithfully been serving your Denim Springs and Baton Rouge area for over 62 years. With their highly trained technicians, there's absolutely nothing that they can do. RV repair, big rig overhauls, motorhome chassis, truck repair, routine maintenance, tire rotations, tire sales. No job is too big or too small over at GM. Give them a call today at 225-664-9992. That's 225-664-9992. Or go see them over at 2500 Florida Boulevard. And our good friend, Mr. Richie Roche, over at Roche's Lawn and Landscape. 225-937-7220. That's 225-937-7220. And if you mention the show, I know Richie will come out and give you that free appraisal. Again, that's 225-937-7220. Tell him Blake Rafino at AYS sent you on by. Okay, so we got to we're going to talk about a lot of pro day stuff today as we have some just freaks of nature that were on this LSU team, right? Like absolute just freaks of nature. Jamar Chase being six foot two hundred one pounds doing the things that that kid does. The last time we saw Jamar Chase, he literally obliterated. And and this isn't me trying to call out AJ Terrell. This and quite honestly, this is not me being biased. The last time that we saw Jamar Chase on a field, live and in person, was when he obliterated A.J. Terrell. And everything that that kid did in 2019 with Joe Burrow could quite possibly happen again if the Cincinnati Bengals draft Jamar Chase with the fifth overall pick. Some people think that it's very possible. Some people think it's very possible. But we will get to, uh, to that Let's see, Darren says, give a quick comment regarding your segment on Bill's show. I wasn't able to listen. Uh, did he ask about the Coach o, uh, Coach o as you predicted? No, Bill didn't. Bill didn't. Bill, See, Bill King doesn't, doesn't worry about that stuff. He wants to know about on the field. When it gets serious, he'll ask me if it's serious, and we'll go for there. But see, some of these national media guys, they don't – they know what the thing is. They can read. They got better sources, and Bill King is more uh, sourced – than anybody in the country. So, no, he did. And that's the point. That's the point. But see, because he doesn't know. That is. Uh, Kevin says uh, on Facebook Live, hashtag Ask Blake, tell me what you're hearing about Devontae Lee. Look, uh, Ed Orsron kind of made this comment a couple days ago, and, and it kind of goes to the fact of what we talked about last week about Devontae Lee when we were asked. Devontae Lee's had a very good camp, like a very, very good spring football camp. Big physical receiver. DJ Mangus, guys, quite honestly, asked um, Devonta Lee if he would move back to receiver. I would suspect this guy, this kid to, to buy for some playing time. I know that there's a lot of good wide receivers, but they're really young but really talented. I was told that him, uh, Koi Moore, Kayshawn Bouti, and Trey Palmer had huge scrimmages um, this past Saturday. So Devonta Lee, getting back in what I think that he feels most comfortable at, like I know that he was at linebacker. I knew they moved him to tight end, but I think that he feels most comfortable at the wide receiver position. And if that is, I mean, he's a kid that's got big. He's really big. He's got strong heads. He can uh, high point uh, the football. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does. Uh, we are going to talk a little bit of the defense because the defense are making waves. And Jack Davis says the defensive line better be at the top of the SEC in sacks next season. Since uh, – since Jack is asking that question, I'm going to let you guys hear from Ed Orgeron. He was talking about Mason Smith. Now, we weren't able to hear from Ed Orgeron because the video was just kind of kooky and we, we couldn't get it, so I couldn't play it for you guys. Or for you guys. But here is Coach Ed Orgeron talking about uh, number one player in the country, Mason Smith, and the spring that he's having. He's our best pass rusher inside right now. Right now, five, six days of spring. So there's no question. He's going to play. He's going to play a lot, and he can't push for a starting position. Uh, he is a very athletic big man. 
He practices very hard. He's got to stay a little bit lower on the run. He's excellent on his pass rush, and he comes to work hard every day. He's a very smart young man. Uh, I do believe he's going to play a lot as a freshman, and, and is going to be one of our top freshmen on our team. That is Coach Ed Orgeron talking about Mason Smith and its defensive line. A guy, literally our best pass rusher in the interior. There's two things that people can take from that. Number one, why aren't your more uh, uh, your guys like a Glenn Logan and a Neil Farrell? Why aren't they showing more? Well, Glenn Logan, as we saw today, is in a walking boot at the pro day, so he might be out. I don't want to say for the rest of spring, but possibly if you want to be careful there. Uh, Ed did talk about that he's got to be get better in the running game. He's got to get low, lower pad level. And guys, quite honestly, even as an offensive lineman, and I would assume as a defensive lineman, that is one of the, the tougher things that a lot of these, uh, uh, I'd say freshmen, but a lot of these high school kids that come into to this type of football, to this type of atmosphere, have to work on. So that's really good to hear about Mason Smith and that he is your best pass rusher. And quite honestly, you also have Jaqueline Roy that's going to be right next to him, who at the end of the season had two big sacks against Florida, had a sack in Ole Miss, and really dominated against the run. So you have two five-star defensive tackles that are going to be on your interior and some really athletic defensive ends. This is what gets you excited and should get you excited about this defense. It's up front. They're going to be nasty. They're going to be very, very nasty. Now, I don't want to come out here and overreact. I don't want to just – because I did this last year, right? Like, I came on about a year ago when we relaunched the podcast during COVID, and I'm out here saying, LSU against the world. LSU going to do this. LSU going to do that. We're going to lay the – all over their candy asses. <laughs> and LSU went 5-5. Five and five. With that being said, I do think that there's differences here. I think that they that they have the talent, they have more experience, and from what I understand and from what we heard from Coach Ed Orgeron, we won't play that bit, the communication on defense has gotten so much better. Go figure. I mean, we've talked about so much about this, uh, this defense getting confused in man-to-man coverage, and Durante Jones, who came in uh, as the new defensive corner and said, guys, look, you got the talent, you just got to communicate. Um, I, I made this, and I put this out there, um, I think it was two days ago. Now, Jay Ward is going to be moving from corner over to safety, and it's been an absolute killer. An absolute killer at safety. Again, this is not just my, this was this was my opinion, but this is what's been going on at spring camp, too. Outside of Kayshawn Bouti and outside of Max Johnson, nobody, nobody had a bigger impact on this defense like Jay Ward did. And like I've said, I'm the president of the Jay Ward fan club. And here's Ed talking about the back end of this defense. Uh, I thought they did a good job of tackling. We only had 10 missed tackles. We didn't have that many explosive plays. Now, we didn't have that many running backs uh, available. Uh, the offense, we had a first down uh, run and play action scrimmage. They did a good job on some over routes. Our free safeties got out the post. We made some explosive plays. I thought that Max and Miles had their best days on uh, Saturday as quarterback, and uh, that's been seesawing the whole time. I thought that our defensive line played played good, but I, I was very impressed with the play of our corners and our safeties at Jay Ward at safety. I think he played very well. Demon Clark had a good game. Uh, Bug Strong, number 22, was all over the place. Those guys played very well. And that's Coach Ed Orgeron talking about Jay Ward and the defensive backs and safeties. <laughs> I forgot to click over. And the safeties that are doing really, really well this offseason. Jay Ward being moved, I think, is kind of the under-the-radar. I know a lot of people are talking about it, but the under-the-radar thing that I think that everybody should be just really getting excited about. Really, really, really getting excited about because of what he did against Arkansas, what he did against Florida, what he did against Ole Miss. The kid can flat out cover, y'all. The kid's got speed. He shows you and he showed us that he would he wants to tackle. We remember what happened against Arkansas. The kid would just come up and punch you in the mouth. He don't care. He is a athletic freak. And again, when you have this much talent on the back end, when you have Derek Stingley, and I know Elias Ricks is out, but you have those two corners, and you do have that uh, Jay Ward moving over to safety, uh, Todd Harris, you better get ready, brother. Like, you better get ready, because here, the, here comes these young guys. 
the funny thing that, you know, I feel like we got to take a step back and realize, too, is Derek Stingley was a sophomore. Like, he had a great freshman season, but the kid's still a sophomore. And now you have Elias Ricks, who's going to be a sophomore going up, and Derek Stingley's going to be a junior. So, I think that this defense is going to be really good. Now, Ed just did uh, – I'm going to get you guys' comments. But Ed did just talk about this. Uh, these guys at linebacker position, that Damone Clark and Buck Strong, who, quite honestly, per Ed Orsron and some feeling and some sourcing that I'm getting from LSU is that Buck Strong defensively has had the best spring hands down. That is the Juco, defense, or Juco linebacker that came into this past class and has had – the best camp. He's gonna he's gonna really be physical in the run, and actually he can cover. Now I made I made the comparison now, and 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 it's confirming this from what they're seeing. Now we're not allowed to go out there and look at practice, but Ed Orgeron is confirming what we talked about last week and Monday in reference to Bug Strong that he reminds me of a shorter Devin White, and and quite honestly, if we're comparing him to Devin White, I don't care how big he is. Six foot, five eleven. Who, Mike Jones? It don't really matter to me how big the kid is if he's going to continue to hit people, stop the run game, and be able to cover the pass. So this this defense right now, to me, when I break it down, I hear and I see what's going on at camp and hearing about what's going on in the scrimmages, hearing that they only had ten missed tackles. Well, Blake, they had ten missed tackles, and Kayshawn Booty's out in that some bitch too. Sorry for my language, but he is. So I get, I'm getting excited, and so I, you know, things just start going out there. <laughs> I almost, you, you know, when you let me tell you guys this, and I just did it. See, I always used to make fun of my grandmother because she'd always always say "son of the b word," you know, "son of the." It's not "son of a," it's "son of the." Them short Italian women, man, they're ruthless. Kind of like Jay Ward playing free safety. Right? They're absolutely ruthless. <laughs> uh, let's get to a couple of these comments. Uh, let's see. John says on Facebook Live, man, I think this is going to be a really good football team. I do too. They got a lot of talent. And they got a lot of talent on up front on both lines of scrimmage. Guys, a lot of people boo-hooed. And a lot of people uh, poo-pooed and rudy-pooed and, and, and put really no respect on Durante Jones's name. But I talked with two people that were at that scrimmage. Now, that had some privilege to go to the scrimmage. Now, the media didn't. I don't think I'm part of the media. But some really close friends said that, really, Durante Jones has been multiple. If you're going to come out in a certain uh, certain formation, it doesn't matter. 4-3-3-4, four, three, three, four, it doesn't matter to him. What is it going to take to stop the guys that are across from us? That's what uh, Durante Jones wants to run. Look, man, I'm completely fine with that. And he's been under some great coaches. Uh, Brian Viator says, hashtag ask Blake, in your opinion on the NFL 17-game schedule, I'm all for more football. However, I can't wonder what it will affect the status or stats, plus most importantly, the health of the players. I I get what you're saying there, Brian. Um, Let me say this, though, and I don't mean this in a wrong way, and I know that this is going to come off very... This is not going to make me look good, and it's going to probably come out wrong. But listen, man, if you're getting paid $25 million to play 17 games, to, to, to really only play 17 games, give it to me, man. I will go out there and, and kick a football, and I will do everything I can to play 17 games. Guys, they're getting paid lots of money to play a game that I couldn't, I couldn't play anymore. And a lot of you that couldn't play anymore because either the real truth is either we got hurt, we weren't athletic enough, which number two is normally the case. You know, well, I got hurt. No, you just wasn't good enough. Or, or number three, quite honestly, I, I, I'm going to leave number three alone because you guys are going to really judge me. But you're getting paid a lot of money to go out there and play a kid's game, man. I mean, I, I, I get the health. And, I, and look, CTE and a lot of these things are very, very, very real. But if you're going to pay me multiple million dollars a year to play 17 games, I ain't going to complain about 17 games, 26 games, 171 games. I don't really give a Rudy Poop. Just my thought. Uh, Jeremiah says, what did I miss? Nothing really. I mean, other than this defense is a lot better. Bobolini was Rudy Pooh. 
Uh, Lamar says he did the same thing to Sting in spring practice. Who's that now? Lamar, who, who are we talking about? Who are we talking about? Uh, Colin Thibodeau says Chase's measurables and play on the field leave little doubt as to who wide receiver one is in this draft. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I mean, come on, man. Come on, guys. I mean, look, I love Devonta Lee. He was in my mom's class at Amy Westside. Like, known the kid for a long time. Hope and know that he's going to get drafted in the first round. Hope he has a good NFL career. He's a great kid. And if we want to talk about biases, my bias would be more to Devonta Lee than it would be, I mean, Devonta Lee, Devonta Smith, more than it would be to Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is a physical freak. Jamar Chase is the best wide receiver in this class. Jamar Chase should be a top five pick. Let somebody pass on him. Let that kid fall to like 7, 8, 7, 8, 9, 10. And don't say it can't happen because crazier things have happened. Crazier things have happened. Um, Michael Ray says, is safety wide open? Not when Jay Ward's back there. Not right now. Look, I, I know a lot of people have faith in Todd Harris, and I think that he's done some good things. But there's a reason. There's a really big reason why Jay Ward was moved to safety? Why Alex Adams was moved to safety? Because they felt like, and your defensive coordinator felt like that the position that he coaches is not good enough. Let's let's call it what it is. I hope that Todd Harris can have a good season. But the truth of it is, is that you have coaches that don't really believe in what he did last season and possibly this spring. Put Todd Harris in the box. Let him guard the flat. Let him make some tackles. That's what he showed last year were his uh, big strengths. But covering covering the middle third of the field, trying to cover receiver deep downfield is not his strength. He is not fast enough. And look, he was coming off an injury from last season, so that could have really affected him, and he could really pick it up. But what we saw last time for Todd Harris was not good, and he got benched. Uh, Eric says, hashtag ask Blake, what do you think about, what do you think Coach O is seeing from him to keep repeating about the gap with O-line? It's a good point. We'll touch on that. Fan base looking for, uh, looking for from guys like Wire, Dumerville, Bradford to step if in the interior line continue to be a problem. Well, I heard that um, Anthony Bradford, and I think I talked about this Sunday, Anthony Bradford did have a big-time scrimmage Saturday. Like, I was told the first half of that scrimmage, he absolutely dominated. It was like you you couldn't keep him off the field. Um, you know, for, what's funny about the uh, second team offensive line is, is cohesiveness. Where's the blitz coming from? Do you trust the man from to your left? Do you trust the man to your right? It's more a lot about communication and, and, and knowing where the, if the other guy is going to pass off a, a blitzer if he's going to pick a guy up more than anything it's it's a communication thing um you know a lot like the running backs I feel that he's just calling them out I mean he's without saying his name he's calling out Anthony Bradford and Cardell Thomas he, he's not calling out Doomerville there right like we haven't seen a lot from Doomerville we haven't seen a lot from Xavier Hill and quite honestly they're about they're red-shirted freshmen not even redshirted. They're COVID freshmen. That, to me, is him saying for, for Cardell Thomas and Anthony Bradford to quite honestly put up or shut up. And I hate to say it like that, but, man, look, this is your third year. And for some, and for Ed to go out there and say put up or shut up, and quite honestly, Mason Smith running with a lot of the ones and a lot of the twos, he's telling you without a shadow of a doubt, hey, man, listen, hey, a true freshman, a guy that was literally in high school, what, six weeks ago, is kicking your ass. Guys, Mason Smith's kicking people's ass. That That's why Ed Orgeron's getting frustrated with the uh, the backup interior line. Because you have, a, you have, per rivals, you have the number one player in the nation, and Mason Smith just bad babying... All over these kids. He's doing it to the first team. And that's good to hear. But Cardell Bradford, you got to, uh, Cardell and Bradford, you got to pick it up. But again, Bradford has done really good. I heard the first half of the scrimmage, he absolutely dominated. Just absolutely dominated. 
So, Zach, when he says, hashtag ask Blake what's going on with Cardell Thomas, I don't know, man. I don't know, but I do know that Ed Orgeron is telling him to pick it up. Look, a lot of people, again, and I've talked about this, it, it's very difficult to go from 2A at Southern Lab to go up to the SEC. It's not easy. But this is your third year. Pick it up. Um, let's see. Marvin says, I don't have faith. Marvin, what specifically do you not have faith in? Uh, Aaron says, uh, are our running backs getting hurt in practice or was it during the season last year? Well, um, for Ty Davis-Price, it was this, uh, it was the end of last year for Rimmer and Ole Miss and John Emory. Remember, Josh Williams had, what was it, like 12 carries at the end of the season. I think that they're just not letting them get hit. Um, and and I, I'm a little okay with that. I mean, those guys take poundings all season long. Um, I'm a little okay with that. But Ed Orgeron has talked about not doing a scrimmage or somewhat of a scrimmage tomorrow, not really a scrimmage, because he wants John Emery to take some licks. <laughs> he, he didn't shy away from that. He he called out John Emery and said, John, you're going to get hit. Like, we're going to give you the ball and let you do what you do, but you're going to get hit. So, knock uh, if you buck, boy. Knock if you buck, boy. <laughs> Uh, Gino says, if you manage your cash right, you win. What you talking about? What you talking about? TigerBay.com. Mike Scarborough. You guys can go to TigerBay.com. Put in the uh, promo code AYS30. Get uh, TigerBay.com for a dollar for 30 days. It's really one of my first stops. Um, Eric Wright says, Tory Carter slash J Ward South Georgia, uh, Georgia football. We like to hit over here. Yeah, you do. Look, that kid, look, I'm, I'm telling you now. I'm telling you. I, this isn't me making a prediction because I haven't seen the kid play. This is a projection because the kid literally dominated at spurts. I know that he gave up a touchdown against uh, Ole Miss in the first series of that game. But then at the end of it, he uh, the very next series, he had a pick six. <laughs> As a corner. You know, you know what Jay Ward really reminds me of? And I played with him at Franklinton. You know who he reminds me of? A a a smaller and I and I'm I don't mean that in a negative way, but Brandon Taylor was he was huge, man. His arms were huge. Um, he reminds me of a of a smaller Brandon Taylor. Look, Brandon was uh, recruited as a corner at our senior year. Uh, played uh, I think what two years, three years. No, it was it was two years. Two years at corner, moves over to safety, gets number eighteen, and dominates and becomes a third round pick. That's what Jay Ward is here. A guy that can tackle and a guy that can cover in space. And a guy that can get guys lined up. I'm telling you. Uh Peggy Red says any word on Antoine Sampa. Yes, Todd needs to step up his game. Not really. Not really. I mean, just having a good camp. Just having a decent camp. Nothing really uh crazy. C. King says, what's up, Blizzy Blake? Hey, man, listen, I ain't hit that Blizzy in a minute. I I do not do illegal narcotics. (laughs) And he also says, uh, Bradford uh, been playing well. Yeah, he has. Yeah, he really has. Um, Again, I was told that he had a dominating first part of that scrimmage. Jared Smith says, also, Joe Joe Evans is showing out. Yeah, and a lot of people poo-pooed on um, Joseph Evans. But, guys, he was playing with one hand last year. <laughs> so, so, man, we write kids off so quickly. But the kid, you remember Joe Evans had the club. Why can't he make tackles? Because he's got one hand. I mean, the kid's got a club on his right hand. I mean, what you want him to do, to go whap somebody up across the head and get a 15-yard penalty? Break his hand again? That kid's got elite hand placement, too. Uh, Carl Dunn. Carl the Cat says, ask Blake over and under on the Rudy Poos. See, I can I can control that. I can control the Rudy Poos. So, I'm going to say under. I'm going to say under. No, you know what? I'm going to say over because we're going to talk about pulmonary in this Vandy series later. So, the Rudy Poos are going to be flying. <laughs> uh... Marvin Mackey says, I don't want to see Joker getting bent over again. Oh, you're talking about um, Glenn Logan. Well, Glenn's a little hurt right now. Glenn's a little hurt. So, let's see. Zach sent us some stars. Zach, I appreciate that, brother. Yeah, guys, I'm great. Every time you send it, I'm going to throw you out there. And and as we continue to do that, you do nothing but 
uh, help our podcast grow. So, Zach, I greatly appreciate that, brother. LSU fan on YouTube says, hashtag ask Blake, is James Craig on the hot seat? I don't, personally, I don't think so. Um, <clears throat> I don't want to throw Steve Ensminger under the bus here, but guys, he, I mean, it was complete. It was a complete 180 when it comes to to protections um, from 19 to 20, man. I mean, this guy was keeping in seven and sometimes eight guys to block. That's not how you block these days. You got to get guys out in route so you can throw them the football. You know, he he's wanting John Emery to take on a blitzing linebacker coming up the middle, screaming up the middle. That's not you, – you don't do that, man. That's not today's game. Um, look, they had they had dominating spurts last year. You remember the long run from John Emery against Alabama? They had dominating spurts. Let's see what they can do with some play calling. Let's see what they can do with some play calling. Let's see what they can do with Jake Peets. I, I'm not – and, and here's another thing, talking about the hot seat. I mean, he's about to get five guys to sign to LSU in this, this upcoming class. Like five offensive linemen, really, really – really talented offensive linemen are about to sign in this class. So, no. <laughs> He's not on the hot seat. I mean, look, it is – you know, people people ask me this question. The best offensive line in 2019 was the LSU Tigers. Joe Burrow got sacked four times against Texas, four times against Alabama, and everybody's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Our O-line sucks in 2020. We gave up four sacks when we had 57 dropbacks – how can we have four sets of a 57 dropbacks? Guys, you did it in 19. I mean, guys, if you drop that that many, that many times to pass, you're gonna you better expect sacks. That means, quite honestly, you had guys like Lori Cushenberry in 19, Damian Lewis, um, even Austin Deculus that was going 57 pass attempts without allowing a sack. That's elite, man. That's elite. So we got to be careful when it comes to, oh, my God, Austin Eckless is Rudy Poo because he gave up a sack. Well, there, there's a stat out there that he, the last 200 snaps of last season for Austin Eckless, he didn't give up a pressure, let alone a sack. So, no, I don't. Brandon Ray says, hashtag ask Blake, which LSU defensive player or players are you looking forward to seeing this upcoming season? Number one, Jay Ward. Number two, Navantique Strong. Number three, who? Mike Jones. Um, number four, Mason Smith. Like, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to seeing Mason Smith. I'm really looking forward to seeing Mason Smith. Um, number five, Derek Davis. Number six, Sage Ryan. Let's do seven because seven's a lucky number for LSU. Let me think. Let me think. Huh. Tank Guillory. I'll go with Tank Guillory. I mean, the kid's athletic, man. You can see. And that's another guy who was dominating the second team. Guys, let me go back to this comment. Let, 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 let me just say this. Let's just talk about the interior defensive line. The interior. And talk about what Ed Orgeron's done with this football team. Number one, Jaquelin Roy. Number two, Glenn Logan. Number three, Mason Smith. Number four, uh, uh, Tank Gallery. Number five, Neil Farrell. I'm, uh, number six, Joseph Evans. Guys, they're three, they're three deep on guys that can play. Uh, uh, number seven, Neil Farrell. <laughs> okay. Guys, they have seven. They they are so deep on the defensive line. It's it's sick. Now, let me say this too. Now, because I want to be careful here, they better put up or shut up. There's no excuse, no excuse for this defensive line not to be dominant, especially in the interior. Andre Carter's a damn good coach from what I hear. He's got these kids fired up, ready to go. We got to get a better pass rush, and we got to be able to be dominant in the interior. If if you if LSU can be as dominant, if they can play up to their talent, this the last D line that I remember. I mean, maybe the Clemson defensive line in eighteen that had five guys that got drafted. They have that right now. 
whether we want to talk about it or not, they got that right now. It's put up or shut up time. Brian says Ward has to put on some weight to play safety. Quite honestly, Brian, not really. Not really. I mean, if he's 185, 190 pounds, I get what you're saying, but I mean, we've Eric Berry played uh, safety at 191 pounds. And if you remember Eric Berry destroying Tim Tebow when Tim Tebow tried to, you know, do that little Madden truck stick and he got blasted. I mean, he <laughs> I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> Man, I'm gonna say it. Man, that dude Eric Berry hit Tim Tebow so hard, he was back in Jesus' time. He woke up and said, he woke up and said, What's up, Jesus? What you doing around these th- around this park? I thought I was, we was in Gainesville. Jesus like, no, nah, dog. Eric Berry lit you up. <laughs> <laughs> man why do i laugh at my damn self acting like i'm so damn funny why do i think that that's funny jesus christ why do i think that that's funny john the baptist was happening dog <laughs> oh man uh, TJ sent us 500 stars. Thanks, TJ. We greatly appreciate that, my man. We greatly appreciate all of you guys that support our podcast as we're going to continue to build and we're going to continue to go on. Uh, Michael Ray says, Jay Ward. <laughs> Jay Ward is uh, that Delpit role. He can be. He certainly can be. I mean, look, that guy covered really, really good last year. Uh, B.I. Says on literally B E E A I G H T B I. What's up, B I? He says, How's Cardell, uh, Cardell doing in camp? Not so hot, not so hot. Um, he's got to get it going, he's definitely got to get it going. All right, guys, we're gonna we'll talk a little Vandy series, LSU Vandy series at the end. Uh, but we got to do this. We'll continue to get your comments. We'll continue to talk some football, but we got to pay some bills around this thing. And none better than my good friend, Mr. John Patton over at Area Home Lending. Guys, if you're thinking about buying a new home, saving money on that mortgage that you have now, or even doing that cash-out refi, the timing has never been better. Get in touch with John Patton from Area Home Lending today, and if you mention this show, he will send his team out for a free appraisal. 225-663-2500. That's 225-663-2500. Tell him Blake Rafino sent you by for that free appraisal. And for the number one real estate team in the North Shore, go to team.kw.com. That's team.kw.com. If you mention the show, they will send one of their real estate agents out uh, to meet you at your dream home. Again, that's uh, 985-467-7355. And our law firm, the Drake Law Firm, Personal Injury, Criminal Defense, Real Estate and Successions, there's nothing that they can't do. Go see them in downtown Pochettula today and tell them Blake Rafino at AYS sent you on by. All right, let's see. Way Mac, let's see. <clears throat> Joe says, Noventique Strong. Heard he turning heads. Well, Joe, not only is he turning heads, he's bussing heads. Bussing, bussing, bussing wide open. They call him the, they call him the thumper. I'm telling you, that that's, you know what? I miss Noventique Strong. No, I didn't I say Noventique Strong on guys I'm ready to see? I feel like I said Noventique Strong. If I didn't, I, I want to see him too. Because they they call him the Thumper. <laughs> when you get the nickname the Thumper, you busting heads wide the hell open. I'm telling you, man, he's a he's a he's a smaller Devin White. Bust it wide open. Jared says Amari Goodwin will be great one for sure. Yeah, and I saw C King had a comment up here earlier about. Uh, our Mari Goodwin too. He said Goodwin will shock some folks at running back. Look, dude, guys, he he literally is the fastest kid in high school football in the state of Alabama, or state of Alabama, not football, but literally the fastest kid in the state of Alabama. And LSU got him. Okay, they they see Corey Connor and Amari Goodwin. When they see him, they think Clyde Edwards Alaire. <laughs> Let's roll with it, guh. Y'all know what I'm going to say. Let's roll with it, huh? Look, <clears throat> Ty, Ed Orsron is a very simple individual. 
Okay, and I don't mean that in a, in a negative way. I mean that in a good way. What I mean by that is, Ed Orgeron's just going to call it like he sees it. He's not going to bullshit you. He legitimately is a man that is not going to bullshit you. When Ed Orgeron tells you something, you better bring it to the bank. When he tells Ty Davis Price that you better get ready, <clears throat> and he tells John Emery, you guys got to pick it up. I know that you're hurt, but you got to have big seasons because you have two guys and Corey Connor and Amari Goodwin that's really going to come and make some and turn some heads come this upcoming fall camp or summer camp. So you better get moving. These kids are coming. Raymond Was- uh, Watkins sent us some stars. Thanks, Raymond. We greatly appreciate that, my brother. <clears throat> <laughs> let's see Lamar says the only promise Cardell made and it happened was he said when he got on campus LSU will beat Bama yeah alright we can talk a little bit about this very quick Jason McKenzie uh, well, we'll, we'll talk about the Vandy series a little bit um, who Mike Jones uh, is Paul Maneri on the hot seat is a question from Jason McKenzie absolutely <laughs> His seat is hotter than Bo Pelini after Mississippi State. His seat is his hot. His seat is hotter after less miles after getting beat by Auburn. His seat is hotter than Nikki Fargus. But yes, his seat is hot. Very, very, very hot. Um, so, look, talking about this Vandy series, it and we're gonna t- we're gonna talk about it more. We're not probably going live tomorrow, by the way, because I want to watch Kumar Rocker throw and pitch and dominate, which I think that he will. It is the most pulmonary thing ever for them to find a way to win this series. It's classic LSU. I don't think that they will. I don't think that LSU is going to be able to hit. I don't think LSU is going to be able to pitch. And I don't think LSU is going to be able to field. That's not going to be good. However, I will say this. I will say this. Those kids came out for pulmonary strong last night. And they did, and they did not give up on him. They went out there wanting to win, and you got to give them credit for that. But you had the two best pitchers, not just in the SEC, not just in the in college baseball, but in literally all the nation when it comes to the draft and coming to prospects. Those two guys, Al Leader and Kumar Rocker, are one and two. Flip a coin on which one you want first. They literally are, and they're coming to Baton Rouge. So Dylan Cruz, you you, you got. People uh, comparing you to Mike Trout, um, K. Beloso, you got to get going. Like a lot of guys got to get going because talking about putting up or shutting up, those guys got to put up or shut up. I know a lot's on Paul Maneri, but those guys got to get moving too now. Let's get this shit rolling. Like I'm tired of K. Beloso hitting a ball out to, uh, to, to right field. Gear up, hit that son of a bitch the other way. I'm tired of it. Paul's talked about being a, the hitting coach for LSU. Doesn't matter who he hires. Then tell that some bit. Tell him to hit that some bitch the other way. Stop pulling everything. Let's go. You need somebody to come give you a, a, a motivational speech. I'll be there at five because I'll get them some bitches riled up. I'm kind of sick of it. Now I've I've let Paul. I have let Paul Maneri kind of slide. I've let it go by the wayside. I've said, give him time, give him time, give him time. But the time is getting really short. Get your ass beat this weekend and see what AYS does. I'm tired of it, y'all. I'm getting sick and tired of it. Yeah, I got fired up. But the excuses are over with. We've had 15 years worth of excuses. Paul Eskine on YouTube says, who? Mike Jones. He also says, best O-line was not LSU in 2019. Paul, I'm not reading the rest of that comment. Paul. I will. Joe made him look better by being elusive. That's what playing the quarterback position is. Number two, when you're averaging eight yards per carry, your offensive line is bad, baby, and everybody across the field. They were dominant. Three guys making starts in the NFL. Lloyd Cushenberry being one of the best centers uh, in the really in the NFL. Damian Lewis making the all-rookie team. Okay. That team had a really damn good offensive line. Joe, Joe wasn't always eluding. Joe wasn't always making elusive plays. Yeah, he made one against some against Bama. He made some against um, Georgia. That's what Heisman Trophy winners do. And you know I love you to death, Paul. You know I love you to death. 
But yes, to Jason's point, <laughs> he's on the hot seat. Uh, Joe says, if Vanny comes in and bad babies are boys, best believe it. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Look, I'm telling you, man, I've literally given this dude every chance in the in the out there. Come on, man. And look, Zach Pearson, who usually would be our guest this time, he would be telling me to shut up. You know, he played for him. And All right, man. I love him to death, but let's get rolling. Kenny says, hashtag ask Blake, do you see this year's team being 12-0, 11-1 type of year? I think it could, let's be, I think it could be 9-3, and 10-2. I think that you're. I think that you would. You're pushing. We're pushing. I'm not going to go 11 and one. I think that this team could go nine and three, ten and two. I really do. I mean, the SEC is so wide open. I, I think that they can do it. Don't sleep on them. Um, I, I my gut right now, without seeing more, is t- is telling me to say ten and two. That's what my gut's telling me to do. All right, let's get a couple more comments and then we'll get on out of here. Um, blah, 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 blah. Craig Schilling says, hashtag ask Balake, uh, should I take the money line on Ben getting locked in the car again this week? No, you should not. It ain't going to happen. They're going to be here tomorrow to fix the, uh, no, that ain't, let me tell you something. New keys, new windows, new doors. People call me bad parents, man. It's an accident. Lamar says Ryan Clark was a smaller safety. Yeah, he was. And he kind of exposed LSU today, telling the telling ESPN that he's training these kids. You know what's funny about Ryan Clark? Let me just say this very quickly, and I don't want to I don't want to get this here. I think it's funny that Ryan Clark went on Matt Muscona's show during the season, telling kids to opt out, and then he starts training them. He tells Terrace Marshall to opt out. He tells Kerry Vincent to opt out, and those kids are training with Ryan Clark. Like you guys don't find that a little bit suspicious? Am I the <clears throat> Am I the only human being that finds that suspicious? Ryan Clark confirming it on ESPN today at the Pro Day because he kind of exposes himself, right? Like he says, that, well, you know, I've been training these kids. And also we can go in the archives of After Further Review with Matt Moscona and hear him telling kids to opt out. Well, well, Ryan, with all due respect, why are you telling those kids to opt out? Why were you telling those kids to opt out? Because don't say you didn't say it, because we got the video, brother. You and Ed Orgeron got your spats. It's leaking over to Matt Moscona. You're pushing a narrative that all of you are. So, look, just because he didn't recruit your son and just because your son's not at LSU, be careful, bro. Be careful, man. And don't say it's not about that, because you and I both know that there's texts out there confirming that, brother. I know this is going to get sent to you. But I just think it's very suspicious that Ryan Clark told kids to opt out and then now they're with Mo Wells. See, I'm going to shoot it to you straight, guys. I'm going to shoot it to you straight. And Ryan Clark doesn't get a pass on that one. Ryan Clark's very intelligent. Ryan Clark, when he talks football, highly intelligent. I think it's a little Rudy Poo that he told kids to opt out and he's trained them with Mo Wells. All right, a couple more. We'll get out of here. Uh, Brian says, no need to worry there. Loaded. <clears throat> Let's see. Remington Pierce. What's up, Remington? He says, hashtag ask Blake. Is Marshall the most underrated receivers in this draft? That's a good yes. And, I mean, he was leading all three last year before he got hurt against Vandy. Yes, yes, and yes. I mean, there have been two times, Remington, uh, two times in Terrace Marshall's career in the beginning of the season. If you remember in 19, he led the nation in touchdown receptions, and he led the, uh, the nation in touchdown receptions before he got hurt again, or nicked up a little. And then he came back from the Missouri game right after Vandy, if you remember, uh, had another touchdown reception. Actually, two, Miles Brennan gets hurt, and he kind of goes down a little bit hill from there. So, yes, I think that he... I quite honestly think that that 4-3-8 today, and we didn't talk much about the pro day, but that 4-3-8 really helped Terrace Marshall. Really, really, really helped Terrace Marshall. I'm happy for that kid, man. I'm really happy for that kid. And that, and again, but that's another kid that opted out and worked out with Ryan Clark. So thank you, Ryan, for helping him out. <clears throat> 
Uh, Zach says, is Trey Palmer going to step up this year? He's had a good camp. He had 11 catches Saturday. Uh, I confirm that. He had 11 catches Saturday in the scrimmage. Uh, Remington says, 318 boy, and that Ryan Clark low-key been uh, something else this last year. Yeah, he has. Yeah, he has. I mean, look, I'm I'm just calling it like I see it, man. I mean, he I didn't run out there on ESPN and say that today. He did. He did. I didn't run out there on AFR and say to, for kids to opt out. He did. So basically, all I'm doing is giving you the facts. I'm not. I'm not. You know, there's no agenda here behind me saying that just because he went on with Matt Muscona and I've ripped Matt. There's nothing with me saying that, or or the correlations aren't in the two. But I'm just saying, hey, these are two facts. It looks really suspicious. I would really, really, really like for Ryan Clark to answer that question, right? Like, I would really, really, really like for him to answer the simple fact, hey, man, can you please explain why you told kids to opt out in twenty in the 2020 season that were on LSU's team and then now you're training them? I don't think that's ever been asked. I don't think that anybody has the gojones to ask him that question. I, someone tell me I'm not going, I'm not losing my mind here. All right, two more. <laughs> LSU fan says Chase and Hines should not be starting next season. I don't necessarily if I I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know if I agree with that one. Uh, Adam says hashtag ask Blake any updates on Ricks and Gilbert, plus all the Ricks questionable tweets. He's not going anywhere. Talking about Elias Ricks, um, he's not going anywhere. Um, and Eric Gilbert's going to have to do some academic stuff. Sorry, sorry, Mr. Mike. Um, but he's going to have to do some air. He's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. Talking about, talking about, um, shoot. Elias Ricks. See, when you sit here and you talk, you talk for 52 straight minutes, it's, it's tough, man. Especially without breaks. I need to get some people to start giving me some commercials so I can take me a 30 second break and catch my damn breath. It's, Guys, I'm exhausted after talking for an hour straight. TJ says, LSU needs a new women's basketball coach. Give Kim Mulkey the whole brink, uh, damn brink truck. Yeah, I mean, look, Nikki Fargus is buying her time. I mean, I, I, I don't know what's going to go on there. Um, but a lot of people aren't happy with Nikki Fargus, and a lot of people want her, you know, aren't just aren't happy with her. And the good thing for her is that she doesn't really have people running out there um, calling for her head. So, uh, and Wesley Nettle says, yes, that does sound suspicious. Yeah, talking about Ryan Clark. Yeah, it's very suspicious, man. It's extremely suspicious. And I'm not here ranting and raving and talking about that, but I would really love Ryan Clark to come on the show and explain that because we're just taking your statements for what they were. Again, I didn't make those statements. I'm not sourcing anything I literally we literally heard it come out of his mouth those words legit came out of his mouth so alright guys it was good seeing you we won't be tomorrow we will find a way to get another show in uh, we will do the Saturday morning show and if LSU loses the first two games against Vandy it's gonna go nuts up in here in the AYS studios but until then, we great. Uh, we th- we really want to thank our good partners over at Believe Podcast and everybody that sent us some stars. We greatly appreciate that. You're growing the podcast as we'll continue to do this and talk all this LSU stuff. But until then, guys, we will see you soon. Not tomorrow, but see you soon. Y'all have a good night. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.